Blog Talk Radio. Today is the 13th of May, and we're in it. Um, We just got declared yesterday that we are at the stay-at-home rule until July so far. Um, So we're in. We're in for a while. We're in for at least another six weeks before we have another evaluation. Um, But I guess in that time, things will be reviewed. But... I'm in L.A. County, so every county is different. Some counties are unaffected, but I don't know how that's actually going to work because we could always drive to another county. I don't know. But where I live, it's until then. So at least we know, right, because then it kind of helps you say, hey, in the next six weeks, these are things I want to do. But we are on the 13th of May. And today I wanted to talk to the part of us, the all the parts of us that have been most ignored until this time. Because the things that we may in our lifetimes have not gotten to, we're getting to now. And I was talking to my daughter yesterday and she said, you know, in this time, I have done so much. And I said, do you realize that in your lifetime, from now until you got old and you became a grandmother yourself, you may never have ever had this time. And look at what you discovered. You discovered the complete world of gardening and plants. You discovered cooking and Now shopping at a grocery store is a big deal. So the level even of appreciation and all of these types of things. And I realized that while we were talking, my daughter and I weren't just close because it didn't matter if we saw each other. We always felt connected because we have emotional intimacy We have that. So I thought to myself, well, what is that? What, what is emotional intimacy? I mean, I know it's easy. You could define it from the sentence. But couples, how does that play? Because I'm that way with my daughter because I've known her. I, I gave birth to her, so I knew her from the beginning. I knew her before she, you know, when people say, I know you better than you know yourself, which is never true. But I knew her before she knew herself, before she knew what she was, who she was. Like she was in my stomach, 
or, you know. But even bigger, when we meet people, as a, we give away a lot of trust because we, we love them, we're excited, we're curious, we don't know if it's going to last or not. But why do some last and why do some not last? And some people, I mean, other than the obvious that maybe they were a teacher and not a destination, but there's some people that once we do separate, let's say we don't stay together, they're able to stay friends throughout the rest of their lives. And nobody's threatened by that friendship. It's not like, oh, that was an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend. No one's threatened by it. Because they, they can see, there, there's that level of honesty that you can see, that they really are friends. They really don't want more than that from each other. Because they already have something between them that's a bond. So how do couples, people that meet each other, grow in this way? It's such a beautiful knowing, something to be conscious of. Because there, even now, some of my writings talking about how to grow intimacy in a marriage for a man. Because men were not taught intimacy. Men were taught to make a decision and stand by their decision. And a lot of times as I started working with them, they were not sure if their decision was the best decision because they were just kind of taught to be like that guy, you know, who just knows what to do, but they didn't know what to do. So what is the definition of emotional intimacy in a relationship, someone you meet that you decide you're going to put your life's time with, your most important asset? And it really is a a sense of closeness. It's not that you try to make it close because, look, we're emotionally intimate. We do this together. We do that together. We're always together. It's a closeness, an emotional closeness that makes you feel secure and loved and trusted. Because when someone can trust you, why is that? It's because they already trust themselves. And you communicate. You communicate the hardest things there are to communicate. You tell everything about yourself and the love is there. The trust is there. Relationships that lack emotional intimacy, you can see a mile away. There's a lack of trust. They don't communicate. There are secrets. There's hidden emotions. Like you're angry about something, but you don't want to say anything because you're afraid to rock the boat and then jeopardize the relationship. But how does it keep us together is the bigger question. Where is that superpower when we are emotionally intimate? That no matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent, we trust 
that we are going to make it through it. Because emotional intimacy isn't something that you can mess with easily when you know you respect the person and you trust them, when you have been supportive throughout the relationship, when you've gotten over the curiosity and still couldn't wait to see them, when you are able in whatever way you've, you've had or never had before, you're able to accept yourself in that relationship. You see. You see your role in it. You see where you're valued. You see your part in it. You feel like a partner. There is a relay. You're exchanging energy all the time. You're bouncing off each other. You take each other to the next level. If one says, I want to study this or I want to do this or I want to explore this, you're right there saying, hey, you know what? That would be really great for you to try. Why don't you try it? Instead of, oh, you really want to try that and you try to talk them out of it because you are not secure enough in the relationship to feel like they can veer out and do something and you won't be left behind. Because we see that a lot. Able to express yourself. You can say what you need to say even if it may not be a popular topic between the two of you. Because holding it in, you understand that somewhere in this whole emotional relationship, you understand that if you cannot express yourself, it's going to be in between the two of you. It's going to be right there facing you, and you're going to feel like you're holding it back. So you have to say it only to find out that the other person actually understood which creates a greater trust in yourself within this relationship. It's extremely delicate, but not fragile. That's the beauty of it. Just a very delicate place to get to because the trials, the experiments of your relationship, how you bond, all has to take place before you can get to emotional intimacy, to where you feel safe sharing your feelings with each other, even the most uncomfortable ones. Because we all have intellectual intimacy. We, we know who we're dealing with. And because we do, we can share our ideas, our opinions, we can share our disagreements as much as we can share our agreements. And we don't have to agree. When One of the signs of an emotional, intimate couple is one will say, hey, you know what, this is what Sally thinks, and this is what I think. We always disagree on that for some reason. We just can't seem to find our sweet spot. And then they just go on to another topic. It's not like, oh, yeah, she always says that. There's no discounting in the conversation. There's no rolling of the eyes. Like you're, you know, now that you know them, you're fed up with them. But you're there doing everyone a favor. You're not doing anyone a favor, starting with yourself. It's a very tight, beautiful world to live in. can be yourself with another person. 
And be yourself doesn't mean, you know, when we think, oh, let loose, I don't, I'm not dressed the same way, I'm not, that, that all fades after the beginning. You'll always look great to each other, even on your worst day. That, that goes away because the emotional strings are much tighter, much thicker. It's like there are these beautiful beams of light that just bounce between the two of you. And one of the questions, I, I wrote down the question Christ put as a filter question for today would be, can I say, before you make a decision to stay with anybody, can I say that no matter what, I can be here. We can solve it. We can face it. Or when you have a disagreement, instead of it being a decision of whether or not you guys break up or stay together, it's more, we will get through this. And I know it's going to sound really weird to say this, but people who fight a lot and stay and you say, gosh, how do they stay together? They're always fighting or bickering, but it's kind of a banter bickering. They're doing it between each other. It's like a dance. They know exactly what they're doing, and they know they will never leave because they are emotionally intimate themselves within that relationship. And because they can accept themselves in that relationship, they feel like they can be who they need to be, and those little banters kind of charge them. It's not like they're fighting for real to win, like who's right and who's wrong, they already most likely know the outcome. But like Lucy and Ricky, they got to do their thing. And that happens to be their thing. Others, it may be quieter. Others, it may be that they love showing the world and themselves how well they get along. And others, they want to show the world how they can push each other and still be there and laugh at themselves because they are already intimate. Because emotional intimacy is way more powerful, way more powerful than anything physical the two of you could ever do. There was a woman, or she's still a woman, and she's still alive and well and still married to her husband, but... They were, um, when I first met her, she was, um, she got my book and she lived locally. She wanted to meet me. And we did. We met. And we were talking and she said to me, and I I didn't understand it fully at the time because I was like, oh, no way. And I still feel a no way towards this conversation. But she said it to me and I thought, gosh, how could, how could they do that? How could they think that? What? Is she trying to sell me? But she said to me, my husband and I, I don't care if he has sex with someone, but I do care if he's emotionally close to someone. She didn't use the word intimate, but emotionally attached to someone. Then I'm going to care. And I'm like, you don't care if your husband has sex with anyone? And she said, well, ultimately, no, it might bother me, but no, because it's just sex. 
And I was like, I walked away from that going, oh, hell no. There's no way I could ever think like that. And I still don't. I would not like that to happen in my life. But I did grow to understanding the other part of it, the emotional intimacy. Because once that happens, then the draw away from the anchor relationship, the relationship that you have when you allow all this, is going to be split. And once that's, it's hard to bring it back because now it's not that there's a lack of trust. If you're going to allow one thing, it may lead to the other. And that's a bond. Emotional intimacy is a bond. I just, you know, they they ended up growing older. They're older now because this was over 15 years ago. And now they're in that place where one is retired, the other one's retiring. They never had children. But I was like, wow, that's how they made it through their marriage. Busy in their careers, both professionals, both really good people. But the way they made it through was the emotional intimacy. That's just how they did it with each other. It gave them the longevity, gave the relationship that feeling of feeling timeless. Would that have worked for me? Most likely not. I know that that's not in my makeup. But I do know that emotional intimacy is. So there's this true intimacy termed emotional intimacy. It's just like the truth, it, it's just right there. It's real. You feel it. We feel the truth. We are hardwired to the truth. When someone accepts who you are and truly cares about what's happening in your world, like, hey, what are you doing today? Is there anything I could help with today? And if you don't need my help, this is what I'm going to do. Where you invest in each other You invest in yourself in the relationship and you invest in the relationship. Because that intimacy is like the reward. It's, you know, I I can't even begin to tell you where that reward never stops. It can mean different things at different times in the relationship as you get to know each other. You just feel safe, close, and loved all the time. You never question it. Your life isn't about, am I loved? Do they love me? Oh, well, they did this so they love me. That You don't need to do anything for that love. We are just responsive, present, wherever we are. And being present instead of saying, when we retire, when we're over this problem, we say, hey, we're in the problem. Here we are. Here we are. Because lack of intimacy is a whole nother ball game, right? You don't trust. Your communication is poor. There's secrets, so there's always a bomb waiting to go off. 
and then those hidden emotions that they talk about when, you know, there is no trust between two people, those come out in an argument. I call them the kitchen sink arguments, right? Where you start throwing everything in, and then you did this, and then you did that, and what happens? You completely back off. You can't trust them at all because you're like, wow, they noticed that? Wow, what made them say this? This wasn't even part of the argument. And Liam says, he asks in the chat, what's the difference between intellectual and emotional intimacy? Well, intellectual intimacy is you read something, you've studied something, you both talk, you're talking in facts. Okay, this is true. I read this in a book. Well, this is true. Well, this is great. And you keep growing each other. You teach each other how to do things, you know, stuff that you learn how to do because you have studied it. That's a different bond than the emotional, the safety, because intellectual intimacy is a trustful interchange between two people, right? You know that they have studied. It's like you go to a doctor, you know that they know what they're doing. So you trust them in that way. And we can trust. We can trust intellectually. But emotionally, I, I dated a doctor. I did trust him intellectually. I knew he knew what he was talking about. I also knew that anything we talked about, he was not going to talk about it unless he knew it. But the reason I never could stay there was that there wasn't emotional intimacy. I was giving 100%. He was giving 80%. And when I brought it up to him, he said, yes, that's true. He was honest about it. But then when I said, but why? Because we're not, we're not connecting because of that. He said, well, I've always been like that. And I said, you know, my famous, how has that worked out for you? Because it's a problem. And if it's always been like that, then it's always been a problem. But the issue goes right back to there wasn't poor communication because I definitely am a communicator. But what was poor about it was the lack of trust, the secrets, and the hidden emotions. Had three out of those four. He was too closed up ever trust anyone because he knew he did not trust himself. So he was never able to offer emotional intimacy even though he was able to offer intellectual intimacy. So if you have intellectual intimacy and you don't have emotional intimacy, basically you're friends. Because those secrets and those hidden emotions are the time bombs waiting to go off throughout the relationship. And then they keep reinforcing the lack of trust. And that's very dysfunctional to try to live through in a relationship. It's hard when there isn't 
a connection, a bond, not a connection, but a bond, because there's obviously a connection enough to get you there. But lack of trust is nothing to sneeze at. It's the reason why you stay or go. Poor communication. You start to feel alone in the relationship. And and you get these crazy thoughts in your head like, wow, I want to at least know I'm alone. I don't want to be alone with someone. I might as well be alone by myself because at least then I know and I don't have anyone to fight against trying to extract trust out of them or communication, or trying to find their secrets because you know they're hiding something. You could tell by the behavior, by the, you know, not coming home when they say they're going to, or going on trips by themselves without you, and you've been there for like two years, or three years, or five years. The makes or the breaks in any relationship we have. I don't even care if it's a work relationship. If there's no trust, no good communication, secrets, and hidden emotions, what are you doing there? Anywhere. When kids become teenagers, parents have the biggest fallouts with their children because there is that lack of trust, and there is poor communication, and there are secrets, and there are hidden emotions. It's like the full gamut. So that emotional intimacy we had with our children is now in jeopardy, even though the bond is there because we know it existed. But they're the best way to show you the example of how that can be jeopardized. But because we know in our heads and in our minds, intellectually, that teenagers go through this, it's not easy when we're doing it, but they go through that, we write it out with them because we know that right now they're questioning themselves. They're trying to be individuals. They don't know who they are. They're dealing with peer pressure. You know, we start understanding and we remember ourselves in that time. So we write it out. But if you're dealing with an adult who's going through that and they are your partner, they never got out of that phase. And it's really hard because one of the two partners starts to feel like they're raising a child and they're not in a relationship with them. And a lot of things start not mattering. You don't really want to be with them. You just feel like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? But yet you stay because the pain of leaving feels greater to you. So that's something that we have to take a look at but why we get scared to leave places that aren't right for us. And you can always tell. I had a couple come to me, love each other. They are emotionally intimate. They are not intellectually intimate. And it's always bothered the woman in the partnership. She always felt like She was scared to be with him because she was afraid he would not push himself and that they would be in jeopardy as a family if she were to have children with him. But as a result of coming, he went back to school to get his designation in his field. 
and he loves it, and he is stimulated, and she's built trust that they are willing to do anything for each other to grow and protect and continue to grow, not just grow it to where it needs to go, but to continue to grow in the relationship. So it became a win-win. But no one can mess with the power of emotional intimacy between any two people, whether it's a mother and a child, whether it's partners, whether it's a work relationship, that's the bond. Because we are invested through our emotions. What our body does can come and go, but our emotions are an investment in ourselves and in others. I don't have much time left, but thank you for let's discuss this topic because it's a big one. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Please send in your dreams. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.